lifted weights a lot and did prison time. That's how I describe it. <laughs> yeah. He said, we juiced up, set, we juiced it up, you know, we hit the, hit the weight, we joined our set, and now we got to get jumped in. This is yeah. what the fuck you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But never say never, you know, I, I, would, I would love nothing more than people to say, this is what I want to do for a living and, and have the ability to do that. So for me, I just wanted us to not be like the other people in the past where everyone's trying to hold things to themselves. Like AD said, rugby should be for everybody. Whether it's union or league, find where you fit in and we should all be helping build each other up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. You are now tuned in to the greatest. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Welcome to the Rugby Swag Show. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gift Gift Time and Bailu. And of course, this is a show where we talk about what's happening in rugby news and the people that are taking advantage of the opportunities that are provided to them through rugby. Y'all, we have some great guests today. I've got to tell you, and I'm really excited to talk to you and, and introduce you to them. But before we get started, if you can, please go ahead and like and subscribe to this video. Of course, if you, it helps us, allows us to be seen more, but more importantly, uh, allows us to be able to know that we are going in the direction that you guys like, and that helps to be able to make help make more of these interviews happen. Uh, on top of that, look, if you guys aren't able to, you know, feel it on the YouTube video, definitely please check out our social media pages. Uh, absolutely on Instagram at rugby swag. You can now find us uh, on Facebook at gift time rugby on uh, Twitter uh, at gift a Bailu on uh, Twitch at gift time rugby and uh, on TikTok at gift time rugby. Yeah, I'd be forgetting sometimes. Like there's just such a list of these things, but it's it's all good. This is part of the process, right? Uh, and, you know, and if you're only able to listen to the audio on this, not a worry because I don't disinclude you in this. Absolutely listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Obviously, those are the most obvious uh common ones, but you can check us out on iHeartRadio, on Amazon's uh, list, or basically any major podcast network that's out right now. So I really appreciate you guys' support. I really appreciate that you guys are able to continue to listen and allow us to be able to tell the stories that so many guests have to be able to offer and to be able to see the opportunities that are out there with rugby. That being said, y'all, I want to introduce you to who we have coming up now. Uh, they are part of the Pacific Coast Rugby League. Yes, we are doing Rugby League. They are partners with the NRL to be able to help put on the Rugby League event that's happening in Las Vegas in February. Uh, on top of that, you know, they are pushing Rugby League more and more over on the West Coast and helping to be able to create a new rise out of there. I uh, want to absolutely introduce you to A.D. Cooney and Ty Lewis. They are making moves within the Rugby League arena to be able to provide other opportunities where you can play both rugby union and league at the same time. This was a great conversation. I learned a whole lot. I enjoyed the conversation. These guys were really, really passionate about what they do. So I hope you guys enjoy the listen. Of course, we got to take care of our people who help us pay the bills. So check out, uh, check us back in a moment after these messages. Uh, but this is going to be absolutely worth it. Thank you guys. And I hope you enjoy. I'm going to let you get back to the show in a moment, but I want to talk to you about our sponsors, Health Enhanced Foods, the best specialty flowers in the business. What does that mean for you? That is the flowers that allow you to be able to get the nutritious need from your bread made. That's muffins, bread, croissants, whatever, pancakes and muffins. It will give you the opportunity to be able to get the best while still being able to eat like you wanted to. We have various amounts of products available for those who have special dietary needs to those who are looking for a special health outcome. And of course, because they're part of the rugby swag show, we want to let you know that you got a chance to go to healthenhancedfoods.com and use code rugby swag to be able to get 
20% off your first order. Y'all, this is something that you're going to need. You got to build up. Have your energy at the best. Be the maximum. It's 2024. Let's do the best. But now, I want you guys to get into it. Let's get back to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. Y'all, we got another special guest for you guys today. We're actually bringing them in in twos. We are talking about the league that is really starting to make a hit over on the West Coast. They got an amazing event happening in Las Vegas. The uh, Rugby League Nines bringing in the professionals and showing what Rugby League is truly about. Following in President Communications, we got Ty Lewis and A.D. Cooney. Yo, guys, thank you so much for being on to the show today. Thank you. Appreciate you inviting us in. Awesome. Look, I think the biggest thing, uh, obviously, that is needed to be said is that you guys got two, four of the biggest rugby league teams coming in from Australia saying, hey, it's time to show out over in Sin City, <laughs> over in Las Vegas. But, you know, you guys have been doing much more than just setting up for that event. Want to be able to talk to you guys a little bit about that. But uh, first, before we even get started with that, yo, what does it feel like to be organizing something this big with so much potential? We saw your commercial with the NFL. What does it feel like at this moment right now? Yeah, I'll jump in if that's okay. Uh, obviously, super excited to to be part of it. I've uh, been working closely with uh, the guys at the NRL to to put on events outside of the main Vegas like NRL games, um, and the, there's a massive focus on um, what can I do to help develop the game grow here in America. How can we get more people playing? Uh, and you know, with the number of teams that have signed up, I think there are 16 men's teams. 10 women's teams, close to 500 people are going to be playing rugby league across two days prior to going to that game. So um, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for everybody to kind of really look forward to what the rest of this year has got in hand for us. Uh, but like, you know, stoked to be able to go see that an NRL game in the flesh and witness the speed, the impact and, and everything else that comes with it. So it should be a really good event. Man, I love that. I love that. Uh, 80, real quick. I think your mic is a little bit fluffy right now. Okay. Let me uh, see if I can lose the headphone. Yeah. Just bear me a second. You okay now? Oh, yeah, that is so much clearer. Sorry about that. No, 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 no apologies needed at all. This is what it be like sometimes. <laughs> okay. All right, perfect. All right, so we continue. This is why it's not live. And so, Ty, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're in as a communication. This is one that you're about to present. Uh, how does it feel even on your side being able to see this starting to come into fruition? Um, can you hear me? Ah, uh, no, no, now I'm losing you. Uh, how's this? Oh, chef's kiss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome, man, because I think I think it's good seeing something from the, the growth phase and seeing it through, and it's like watching your child grow up, yeah? So one of the biggest things that I'm kind of enjoying is giving american fans an alternative right because football season is only so long so then the same type of crowds are looking for something else intense um competitive etc cetera, etc cetera. so rugby league could actually be that that filler to grab the attention and then i was a college athlete and i know tons of college athletes so being a part of something that could give those guys a pathway the ones who don't go to the NFL, the ones who don't go overseas to play football, now they have another thing they could segue to to keep their the competitive spirit going. So I, I, I'm excited, all in all, to to be a part of something like this. Yo, I love that. That is so dope. So, okay, so before we go continue into it, I just want to give people a little bit of a taste of what's going on. But I think they need to know what's going on with PCRL, a.k.a. Pacific Coast Rugby League. So if you guys can, like I always say, there's every hero has their origin story. If you guys can tell me, how did PCRL 
get started or become impactful in the development of rugby league here in the USA? So it goes back to originally 2019. Um, I was the, the coach of LA Mongrel and uh, we were set to play the San Francisco Savage um, in December 2019. So uh, the founder at the time uh, posted on social media, pulled group of guys together and uh, we, we kind of put the band together at that point. Um, first game was played in February 2019. Uh, following season, there were four teams involved um, under the, the kind of the previous California rugby league regime. Um, we ended up making a, a split from them for, for various reasons that I, I don't think we need to go into. Um, and like both Ben who runs the San Diego Barracudas and I were, were looking at what can we do next and how can we stay involved in the game. And we decided to put together a one-off game between the Barracudas and the Mongrel. Um, uh, it was just over 12 months ago, December, um, in Long Beach. And it was kind of the, just the, the, the foundation of what we wanted to do. You know, we're both Yorkshiremen, proud Yorkshiremen, been in, involved in rugby, rugby league all our lives. And our players were like, we want to keep playing. So, um, you know, that was the, the initial goal was just to get that one game off the ground and, and see where we went from there. And shortly after that, uh, we started to invite other other people in who had reached out to us. And we went to four California teams not long after that. Um, and then we got a call out the blue from the guys in Utah not too long after you know, like probably May time frame, April, May time frame, and they, they wanted to jump in um, and, and launch Utah Rugby League under the PCRL banner. And, you know, we'd always said we want to be fully aligned to the national governing body. We didn't want control of anything. Right. Um, and we wanted to do it the right way and, and have the right structures, right, you know, pathways in place, codes of conduct, um, and, and really built from there. And so we, we just finished our last season, uh, the Santa Rosa Dead Pelicans uh, won the national championship, so they played team in Jacksonville. So, you know, bragging That's rights. Jacksonville's Axman, correct? Correct, yeah. So bragging rights to the West for for, for Rugby League. Um, and then now we're looking into what we do for 2024 and uh, hoping to announce um, some additional teams that, uh, that are lined up um, pretty quickly. Um so we're excited about that, and, and that will obviously lead into you know more growth out here on the west. And uh, for me, I'm also the men's head, uh, sorry, the women's head coach for the national team. So we want to create more opportunities for women to play out here as well. So just in in the you know the 14 months really that we've been going, we've had exponential growth uh, and and bringing so many people into the game. So excited on where this goes. You know the guys up in Oregon are keen. We've had some interest in Washington. You know, and if we can create a hot better rugby league out here on the West, then, you know, all for it. Hopefully then it people then get opportunities to, to get into national team and, and international representation. You know, that's our, our ultimate dream to, to see those players make it. So, you know, as you guys are creating, obviously within the U.S., it shows that there, you guys have these respective uh, regions for everybody. Um, but, you know, rugby league has always been built on the fact of, you know, it's, one, it's community, and uh, obviously it's, I'm going to call it a rebellious history, even if justified. Uh, what is the connection that you guys have with the other international bodies, namely in northern in northern England area, and then obviously Australia? What is the connection that you guys have with them? Yeah, so my, I'll talk about the NRL first. The, the guy who's kind of leading the, the Vegas Nines uh, activity is Mike Castle. He's also... Um, head coach for the Canadian women's national team. So that's how I know Mike, because we played each other uh, in Jamaica not too long ago. Uh, another Englishman that moved to Australia, um, you know, he's got a, a real good history with the game and is part of the Pathways group. Uh, and he reached out some time ago and said, look, you know, um, what can we do that's going to help grow, you know, for year one uh, as part of a five-year plan for the NRL and their investment in the States. So, there's a lot going on uh, in Vegas coming up. You know, not only are we playing nines, there are the, the USA men's national team are playing Canada. 
Um, there's a Masters event, which I'm, you know, I'm going to throw the boots on, uh, you know, and as all guys get to play. Show them a little something. <laughs> Show yeah. them still got it. <laughs> you know, I'll worry about my hip and my knees a little bit later. Um, so, that, you know, so there are two two events there uh, on the Masters side, uh, USA Play Canada and Australia in a little three-way event, which would be, you know, fantastic. And then the NRL, um, you know, I think longer term, they're, they're keen to try and get into the college pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, and tap into to some of these athletes, like Ty said, that, that don't make the NFL or could be uh, a track athlete that's, you know, got wicked speed that, you know, we can teach them how to play rugby and they're, they're going to put on a combine for 25 male and 25 female athletes. And I believe uh, one of each will be selected to go to Australia to spend a month with, uh, with an NRL team or an NRLW team to, to gain some, you know, some experience. So, you know, from a national team standpoint, it's great because we, we get eyes on potentially some new people who've never played the sport. Um, and it's open to everybody. You know, applications are open to submit um, your video and the questionnaires and, and, you know, the NRL will control who they want to see. Right. Um, but we'll be there as observers. And, uh, you know, uh, again, as part of a major week of rugby and rugby-related events, I think it's going to be huge for the game. And, you know, this is year one. Uh, I hope, you know, as we go into the, the later years when they come back, that, you know, even more involvement with the communities and we can get teams out, you know, into LA, into San Diego, into Long Beach, right. up into Northern California, out into Utah and put on clinics and really engage with the community. So there's massive opportunity for this, not just this year, but for the next five that they've signed up to. The, the long term on this is looking Really good. And I, I love that, that, but all the, the size, especially with Australia, really, especially with NRL really is looking to see, tap into that potential. Now, yeah. Ty, I want to, I want to tap into you for a moment here, because as a player you have coming in from a different perspective, uh, uh, if you can let me know, how did you get started into rugby league itself? It was actually uh, accidental. Cause I was playing union. It's always the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even know rugby league existed. I just thought rugby was rugby. Um, and then I was watching it because uh, on Peacock they kind of have rugby during the World Cup, and I saw like a, a rugby league type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. Uh, I thought it was just the same thing. And then the team that I'm a part of, the Banditos, that's also in the PCRL. Uh, the owner of the team plays with me on Belmont Union side. So he was letting me know. Well, Belmont like, hey, Shores, right? Yes, Belmont Shore. And he said, hey, I'm starting a team. Would you like to play? I think your style fits well with rugby league. And I said, all right, let's do it. And last season was my first season playing in the PCRL. And now, like I had such a positive experience and I'm like hungry to compete in league. Like I'm debating sticking with union. Yeah. Like it's like guys who play league. It's 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 cu- pretty cut and dry. It's it's whether you love it or you hate it. Okay. And then and then if you hate it, the two reasons you generally hate it is because one is more physical, and it, it's more on the you can't escape it. Like you can't escape the physicality. That's yeah. one. And the second reason you might hate it is all uh, conjecture things you heard about it or because you play union, you look down on it because other people above you look down on it or the older guys look down on it. So now you look down on it and you think, Oh, that's not real rugby. So those are usually the two reasons, right? Right. And you, you sort people out really quickly. The first match, when you see people running at you full speed that are like six, four, 240 pounds, and you got to make some life decisions. And that first kickoff, right? So, you know, that kind of sorts it out, right? So a lot of guys don't – union guys don't go over that side, right? Because you can hide in – you can hide in scrums. You can hide in lineouts. You can get really far on the edge to kind of avoid the contact. There's a lot of ways to hide in union. League, you – man, it, it's not too many places. And then it tests your fitness on top of right. that. And there's a, there's a stronger mentality you got to have to know, like, this is what it is. So, you know, it's a faster game. It's like sevens, like sevens just lifted weights 
a lot and we did prison time. That's how I describe rugby league. <laughs> we said we juiced up sevens, we juiced it up, you know, we hit the, hit the weights, we joined our sets, and now we got to get jumped in. This is yeah. what rugby league is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rugby league right there, right? And the fans love it. Yo, I love, love that. I love that. You know, I know a lot of people who have been playing rugby league. We got a couple friends of the show, uh, Roots Rugby, uh, Great American Rugby, who have been very big advocates of rugby league uh, for a long time now, especially from a playing standpoint. So the development, especially on the East Coast, because, you know, this is, this is where my, my results come from. The East Coast has slowly been building up more and more. I feel like since maybe like 2019, there's been a little bit more entry points into it, even though I know league has been around for a few years before that. Um, 80, I, I want to ask, you know, obviously entering into the U S this has been a primarily let's call it a rugby union territory by all intents and purposes. As you guys were coming into it and starting it with the first team before getting the first four teams off the ground, like what was, did you guys have any you know, holdbacks on being able to get people in or was it just like, well, I know my guys play and then we have enough to be able to fill in that spot. Yeah. I think um, the, the timing part of it is the, the, the most challenging for us as league administrators and, uh, and teams. Um, we want to try and be respectful of the rugby union season, the main 15 season, and obviously their, their seven season at the end. And, um, this year we made some changes to our um, schedule so we could accommodate that so we didn't play on the same weekends because we know, like Ty said, you know, a lot of the players play both union and league and they want to do both. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the challenge is what, what window works for us. So back at, you know back to, to game one in, in that December timeframe 2019, um, most of the teams are out in December. You know, some may have come back to start their preseason prep for for the union season. So we had a, a pretty clear window, but you know, from a weather standpoint, it wasn't the best in Northern California. Um, so when we were looking at our season for 23, and as we look at it for 24, it's probably going to be that June, July, August, maybe even into September timeframe. But we've got to be cognizant of the national governing body and when they want to play their grand final, making sure that. Again, we don't clash with football season and, and, you know, a lot of the time we use football fields, um, you know, and those can be used by schools, you know, as soon as they come back into that uh, into the semesters. So it's, it's just a, a little bit tricky filling in. I, I think there'll all, there will always be a case of, it's unfortunate, but they're on at the same time, you know, certain weeks. Um, but we, we have tried to be respectful. It's not an us versus them. You know, I've worked with, local union teams to try and help uh, with them, providing defensive clinics and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I really want to emphasize on the fact that this, this union versus league fight that is on globally, there's no room for it. You know, we've yeah. got to get past it. Um, you, you look now at the top rugby union teams like in England, uh, and many of them have got extra league players as coaches, um, you know, and there's got to be pathways to and from both games. Some, you know, you find a guy who's six foot seven, um, you know, and, and 180 pounds, he's probably going to be a second rower in, in rugby union. They're going to throw him up in the line outs. He's probably not suited to rugby league. Um, but like players like Ty, who are, you know, big impact players who like a lot of contact, it, it really suits that type of player. Um, backs can work well in both games. I think there's lessons to be learned from both games in terms of strategy defensive efforts, um, you know, and players that, you know, you can go back and use it at your union team as well. So th there's a really good opportunity to kind of find and, and partner with people. And, you know, right, the, the latest one that I'm working on is with the San Fernando Women's Rugby Union team that, you know, they kind of relaunched this last year. And, um, you know, six of their players play rugby league for me and at the, the Mongrel team. Um, we have another a group out of Belmont Shore in our group, you know, heavily rugby union related um and and we can't exist without each other i think you know ultimately and th there's definitely room to collaborate and grow uh, and, and take away this misnomer that you know one's better than the other or you know let's look down on the others uh, there's no need for that 
I feel that. I feel that. You know, I wanted to ask because I forgot to even say it at the beginning because, you know, there's some people that know the experience. So if you can, can you actually break down the rules a little bit of rugby league itself? And so I can continue on because I, I realize, you know what? We're talking about it, but not everybody's going to know exactly what we're talking about. So if you could, numbers, field, uh, kind of the small differences between union and league, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously the, the, the first one is it's a 13-player game, not a 15-player game. So we don't play with flankers, ultimately, is, is the main difference in the scrum. This one hurts my heart a little bit right there. That hurts my as a, as a as a former flanker. This one hurts my heart. We, we got room for you on the field, I'm sure. You know, there's Let's no go. problem with that. Um, so you know, so it's a, a 13 player game um, in rugby union. When you tackled, obviously the ball's recycled, uh, typically through a rook, and it keeps flowing that way. Um, rugby league, when the tackle is complete, you get six tackles. So it's People who are more familiar with American football and downs, I think, are more suited to, to rugby league because it's quick impact, quick, quick impact. You have six tackles. If you don't score within the six, you either got to kick to touch, kick for field position, or turn the ball over. So, you know, there's always a, an attacking element in every, you know, every set of six that you play. Um, so, you know, those are the, the, the main differences between the two games. Um, Defensively, instead of being at the back foot, you've got to get back 10 meters every tackle. And like Ty talked about the fitness element, uh, you know, and when you, you find guys who are putting in 30, 40 tackles in a game and they've got to get back 10 each time and then go straight into, a, you know, an attacking set and then do 20, 30 hit-ups in a game, these guys are super fit. And uh, I think it scares a few people off. So, you know, um uh, we, we we don't hide that, but we we train and we work hard to prep. You know, ultimately, it's part of the challenge. Like I mean, and I can get it. Like whenever it goes, you know, we always know. Like when it comes to any kind of rugby, obviously endurance becomes a principal component of it. But whenever you know you have to like backstep, especially on a ten, it already sucks enough on the penalties. Let alone needed to do it per tackle, and you're just like, oh my legs. But man, if you're if you're able to keep that up, man, who's gonna stop you? Who's gonna stop you at that point? I'll tip my hat to a, uh, a, a former Great Britain coach, Malcolm Reilly, and he invented the, the drill that is hated by most rugby league players, the Malcolm. And it's all up-downs, you know, and, and it's an absolute killer. Um, and most people swear at me after I make them do, you know, a pyramid set of six of those. And I'm like, this this is the nearest thing you're going to get to replicating what you're going to have to do in a game. And it's you know, that, that dragging your butt off the floor and getting back 10 and then going back into another tackle is, is really hard work. But, you know, once you get those fitness levels to where you want them to be, it's uh, I think people then really start to enjoy it. Man, I can understand that. Ty, I got to ask you, you know, you switched over from rugby union to rugby league a lot and been able to transition between the two, especially working with a high-performance area like uh, Belmont Shores that's known for championships. For you, what was that transition like um, from going from union for how many years to being able to now play with do rugby league and adjusting your body and your mindset for what rugby league had to offer? I think, I think the toughest thing was just the, the rule set um, and just letting. So this is the thing. Rugby league feels more natural to me and my personality and like the way I want to play. Whereas if I play the way I want to play in union, like I do in rugby league, I'd be red carded every game. I'd never play. Right. So it's like, I got to restrict myself more and be more cerebral in union because right. of the sets, because the set pieces, right. Because the scrum and then the way we kind of run things, it's like, they expect, I play tight head prop in union. So I have to know all the set pieces, I'm supposed to dominate in the scrum, but then I'm supposed to go out immediately after a scrum to a hit up on a white or the inside on a white and then carry the ball if possible or clean out a ruck. And then if it goes to light, like it's just knowing I have to do all these specific things. And Those phases lot. become much more, like you said, much more cerebral. You have to think about every action that you're doing intentionally. Yeah, and you have to know like your depth. Like, okay, I'm supposed to be seven meters away about eight meters back or if i need more time eight nine meters back then do this and then what is my nine doing 
okay, if my nine is here and the 10 comes out, I know I'm a red. So if I'm on a red, I got to be here. Like, so it's, it's so much more kind of thinking and keep in mind last year was my first season playing rugby. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's why it's fresh in your mind, how that transition goes. Like, (laughs) yeah. And, but the thing is, I just played, I was like, cause I was an athlete before, like I wrestled in college and then did MMA for a period of time and then transition from that to rugby. So it was just, I was like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to immerse myself in it. I'm watching film daily. I'm going to study the greats. I'm going to be in it. I'm going to play. I'm going to physically fit. And I'm going to learn our playbook. So that was the big thing I got when I got into union, which right. helps translate to league because there's, like, league will let you be creative. Like, you can yeah. create some really cool things with the passing, like I don't know if you watch Fiji play, right? Very much. Yeah, their sevens team is like art on the field. Right. It's like chaos but controlled with their offloads and how they move up. So it's kind of like that deal. But you could do all those things in in nines and in league, but with more physicality. Right. So it, it's not as much thinking. It's more just being reactive and understanding what's in front of you, but then being creative within that system. So it's not just a brute sport that people try and make it out to be. Like when you watch people play rugby league at a high level, it's beautiful, controlled, violent chaos. Like, right. it, it, I love that phrasing, violent chaos right there. That, that's what it's about. Violent, <laughs> but organized, violent chaos. I, yeah. <laughs> It's like as, it's, as a coach, if I can just jump in there, Ty, real quick. Hey, everybody, this is just the Bray Train sending out a personal little video diary to all you people out there where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. It's number one is because um, it's part of my business. I do Rugby Lovers Guide to Asia. Number two is I want to bring a lot of exposure to the to the rugby clubs and the rugby NGOs and charities. Also, on a personal level, I just want to break uh, the funk off kind of felt I've been into for the last 10 years. So for the next 12 months, I poured myself into the Singapore to Tokyo campaign, but it still wasn't enough. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is an extroverted tour de force. Say hi to my people out there. <laughs> Which makes up for my um social shortcomings. This place is unbelievable. No! It's not just it's like What's he supposed to do? Morons, a bunch of morons. Guys, picture with me. Picture. Australian. G'day mate. Can you use my phone? But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, seven. Yeah. Rugby is, is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. And allows us to overcome incredible, incredible obstacles. It's just got so thick. It's just so thick here now. It's pouring down rain again. But coming to this Thai-Cambodia border has renewed all the aggression. So the whole thing's gone buggered. I got hit. What? I got Thailanded by a motorbike. I can just feel that knee, that ankle just going in all the wrong directions under the weight of my body. But that doesn't compare to the pain of, of failure. I'm dying. Oh, I'm dying. And that's what I've been worried about this whole time. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Making a comeback. Four weeks, 2,300 miles. 
Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. After all the trials and tribulations, this ride had become deeply personal. All that mattered now was getting to that Rugby World Cup game in Tokyo. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Hey, buddy. All right. Be easy. You know, um, what a lot of people don't realize in, you know, the higher level of rugby league, every player is, you know, in a set of six can be scripted and players know where they're meant to be, where, you know, what field position you want to be in by which tackle, um, you know, which players you're going to put on throughout that set of six, ultimately leading to whether you're going to kick to a certain corner and attack a certain edge. Um, so there, there, there's a lot of work goes on in the background and, and people just think, oh, they just run it straight and take tackles. Yeah. And there's a lot more to it than that, you know, but it, yeah. it, it, it's unless you play it, you, you never realize that. I feel yeah, like that's the code of rugby right there. If you're not in it, it's just chaos and bodies smashing into each other until you can start to see the nuance. And a lot of that comes from the activity of it. It because it's it, it doesn't usually separate itself, so that makes a lot of sense because I do think a lot of people go into rugby league seeing obviously the straight line go and smash. I think some of the biggest highlights typically are rugby league players going through breaking. You get that one, you know, three hundred and sixty pound, you know, nothing but muscle Samoan just going through everything and and absolutely murking. But you don't know sometimes the exact strategy that placates within there. Yeah, there's setups like. With our coaches, we go through a lot of detail, like where we're supposed to be, the lineup, like who's supposed to be next to who. If this play misses and doesn't work, this is the next thing. This is the next phase. Right. Okay, if we're if we're on our fourth, we go here and we do things with our hands group versus this group. So there, it's a lot that goes into it, and it kind of – like when I hear people kind of downplay it a little bit, it's because, one, they don't do it. Right. Two, they don't they don't watch it, and three, they don't really care to like understand it, because they've already made up their mind and they don't want to be told that they were wrong all this yeah. time, right? So it's 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 a lot that goes into it, and I think it's even evident because, like Ad said, a lot of the defensive coaches in Union come from rugby league, right. and you and to set up defenses against Union teams, you got to be high level thinking. Yeah. No. I feel that. I feel that. Um, so I, I wanted to ask one more, and before we get kind of moving into a little bit of the Las Vegas Nines and, and kind of focusing into that direction, um, you know, one of the things that have obviously been a pinnacle component of rugby league was the usage of contracts and payments. All right. Uh, obviously, the separation from rugby league and rugby union dealt with workers who had to be, uh, you know, working class group who said, hey, we're throwing our bodies out there. All we want is a little bit of salary. Union said, hey, you need to play for the love of the game and amateur, even though we have the money to be able to protect ourselves and we're not really worried about it. And so you had this digression. Um, for rugby league, obviously, in the U.S., it's growing, it's developing, and it's trying to catch its feet. Um, what are some of those uh, connections to even that element? Because I know with friends of mine, I am, you know, they talk about contracts that they've signed with the rugby league teams. I remember, um, I think Canada had a team that was trying to be televised that they were doing contract stuff. So within rugby league itself, how does that work in, in the U S as a growing component uh, versus obviously what you now have in a place like Australia, where it's more established, obviously Northern England, where it's more established, Northern Europe, where it's more established. How does that work here? Yeah, I think um, the game here is very much an amateur game. Um, you know, I, I I think we're a long way away from players being paid unless somebody's going to come in with a significant amount of money. And we, we, we're open to that at Pacific Coast Rugby League. You know, if somebody's out there and a massive sponsor wants to help grow this, come and talk to us. Um, but the only way, you know, players can be paid is by significant investment. Um, our viewpoint's been slightly different at PCRL, and that is... Uh, affordability and access to the game you know i think I, I look at my son when we first moved over from england and there was no rugby rugby league at the time we didn't want to play rugby union so started playing soccer or football as i'd know it um 
and the local club teams were charging upwards of two thousand dollars, you know, for a season to go train, mm. plus plus dues, plus match fees and referee fees and various other things. Right. Um, and I think the access for kind of low income families to to play sport in America is is difficult, you know, because of these extortionate fees that that some of these clubs charge. And for us, we want to make it as cheap and as accessible to as many people as possible because. You know, I think in and amongst these groups, there's going to be, you know, some diamonds in the rough that we can polish and, and hopefully give them pathways into into the bigger games. And then they can transition to US, to America, uh, sorry, to England and Australia and, and earn those big contracts. Um, but, we, you know, we've got to get more people playing the game. There's just not enough right now in America. I think there's probably all in maybe 700 registered members playing rugby league in in America right now, and I think you know the, there's hundreds of thousands of rugby union players. Um, but when you compare that to UK, Australia, that you know it's a drop in the ocean. So we've just got to get more people playing at grassroots level, um, and then hopefully in years to come, you know, we can sit back and reflect on you know on this conversation and say, look, you know, look how much it's progressed, and now you know people are earning it and able to do it for a living, and, and again. The more you play, the more you play as a full-time athlete, the better you become, the higher the national standard becomes, the more competitive it is. And then that will also naturally bring in more investment. So it's a a long cycle. You know, I I think we're probably 10, 15 years away from anybody being paid any sort of good money out here. Um, But never say never. You know, I would would love nothing more than uh, for people to say, this is what I want to do for a living and, and have the ability to do that but also at clubs where you've got a clubhouse, proper changing facilities, proper rugby fields, not using high school football fields. You know, there's got to be some other investment uh, in the game um, that, that gives that typical, you know, club, uh, all those facilities that you, that you see. You know, that I came from Keithley Albion back in England and you know, we had a clubhouse, two fields, um, kids playing from six through to 18 and then, to open age teams, you know, and, and that's the way we've got to get to out here. And then, you know, that the, the youth coming through are learning those basic skills at such a young age. Um, whereas now, you know, like Ty joined a year ago, he's missed. I'm not, I don't know how old he is. I don't want to, don't want to insult him, but you know, potentially he's missed 20 years of core skills. Right. Um, that you need to be able to compete and for the USA to be able to compete against Australia and New Zealand and Samoa and all those teams because those kids get that at such a young age. Um, right. You know, and we've got, we've got to build that. We've got to be focused to that. And, you know, uh, PCRL is determined to do it. We just started to launch our youth uh, initiative um, with San Diego and, um, you know, the Bandidos that, that Thai plays with. They're trying to build an academy there and, uh, other teams will follow, um, and the guys up in Utah have done a fantastic job with their U18s, boys and girls. You know they're they're actually bringing those to Vegas as well. So, you know it, it it's starting, um, um, but we just there's a lot of work that needs to be done and a lot of support needed. Yeah, I, I feel like this is one of those things that are core to rugby. Anything that revolves under the umbrella of rugby league or union, you know, there's this element where you know. Everybody's made the push for um, obviously trying to find some kind of business pathway while also trying to be able to maintain uh, some of the traditions and the elements that exist within rugby of yesteryear. Um, yet, you know, we're trying to figure out ways to be able to increase growth, increased uh, participation in its own self. And so you try and find different ways. Now, I guess that kind of transitions into what you guys have going on in Las Vegas, because for me, I've always felt like, as even just though I'm a rugby union guy primarily, uh, I have felt that with uh, rugby league, I think rugby league has done a much better job in creating product that is better for viewability for a general audience from entertainment, NRL, NRL and, and state of the union have been very massively set in this, this arena in trying to create a much better entertainment product overall and being able to create um, an easier pathway for people to be able to view the sport and understand the sport more, uh, which leads to what you guys have going on with Las Vegas, specifically with this Las Vegas Nines. Now, uh, I talked about this actually on a news story a few, uh, whenever it was 
initially announced and then more so whenever you guys had uh, two of the rugby stars, I forgot their names, but from the Rabbitohs and the Broncos uh, at the NFL being able to be promoted. So uh, in lieu of what they already said, can you kind of give me an idea of what it is that you guys are looking to do with uh, Las Vegas Nines and exactly what's happening with this? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's important to emphasize that this is an NRL event, not a Pacific Coast Rugby League event. Um, uh, USARL is the national governing body here. And, you know, obviously with the support of them uh, and some of their members, you know, we've been able to put this event on. And, and I sit as part of the organizing, uh, organizing committee with the NRL uh, for this. Um, obviously, the goal is to get more people, more eyes on Rugby League here. Uh, and I think the biggest goal for anybody has got to be how do we get this on, you know, primetime TV in the States, you know, not at three o'clock in the morning when everybody's asleep. You know, how do we get evening participation and viewership uh, and get more eyes on this sport? Because I think, like Ty said, uh, it's high impact, it's high intensity, it's a, it's a good game to watch. Um, we just need, you know, somebody to be able to get it out there. Um, you know, and get more eyes on the game. So with the NRL uh, and their links to Fox, hopefully there'll be, you know, more people watching the, the, the two main games that are going to be on in Allegiant Stadium. But then hopefully we can get other ways to, to get the, the kind of the grassroots club level uh, across the states, get some representation at that event as well. So whether it's advertising, you know, uh, in and around the field, we, we've talked about can we do you know, a fastest sprinter, you know, in, in rugby league in America at halftime. And uh, I think the plan is to award the, the trophies to the winning men's and women's teams nice. between the games. So it, it's really important we get involved and have more uh, access to, to kind of some of that mainstream coverage because it, it's definitely kind of two-sided. You've got uh, a marketing team promoting the NRL games. Right. Which you know, I, I fully get. And then you've got a Pathways team looking at how do we develop uh, rugby league more at, at the grassroots level so you you'll definitely see that you know the the, the two guys going out to allegiant uh, to that that was it a nil a three nil game or a nil nil draw something like that you know um you know they could have picked a better game look um, you know look, got, uh, right now it's like look, you need to get a stay it's like can we get a taste in here it might not yeah. be the greatest but you got the taste if you want more hey come watch yeah. us live here in yeah so you know um and and the the amazing thing that uh, that that all of the players for this nines event they all get a free ticket to the game, nice. you know. So you know the the cost to enter a team is covered, you know, just by buying a ticket to a game. Ultimately, you know, it's forty dollars to enter a player. Um, they get twenty tickets per team, and then everybody gets to go and watch those two amazing games that you know in in the flesh. And I think those people that have been on the the fence that have decided to jump in and, and make some numbers up for one of these teams will go and see it in flesh and go, you know what, I really like this. And hopefully on the back of that, we see some more, more team growth as well. Nice. I love that. Ty, I wanted to ask you, as a communications for PCRL, um, obviously, as uh, Addy said, uh, it's not a PCRL event, but it's a PCRL opportunity. You have obviously, um, you know, uh, experience with MMA. Obviously, you spoke about doing wrestling in college. How have you guys tried to find ways as a PCRL communications team to be able to utilize this event to be able to spread even your guys' mission and your guys' gospel? Um, so for me, I just wanted us to not be like the other people in the past where everyone is trying to hold things to themselves. Like Eddie said, rugby should be for everybody. Whether it's union or league, find where you fit in, and we should all be helping build each other up. It should be something in schools, and everybody should have access to it, right? So for the PCRL, we're trying to help the USARL and NRL and be as supportive as possible. And we, and we try not to bash anybody else who's doing anything separate because we need each other to, to get this message across. We need each other to help build. So the PCRL is all about uniting rugby players, right? And we're trying to put a positive image to uh, rugby league. And we're doing more community outreach. We're doing things in Vegas. We're trying to bring all eyes to that aspect of it and to understand that, yeah, we, we play the sport. We're tough guys, but we're also family men. 
We also want to build community. We're also accepting and we're all about building bridges, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is to not go the route of the people before us, right? So what I mean is people are trying to use tradition, the traditions of rugby union and apply it to rugby league and everything else. That is a horrible approach for the U.S. market because it's not a traditional sport for us. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So we don't have a history here of playing rugby, so you can't use that. If we were in the U.K. or Australia or Wales, that would be perfect approach. So we're going for my jobs to try to establish our taste buds for the American audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um like here, Fogwa is, is something that that's not everybody's palate, right? If you go to France, a lot of people have eaten it, and right. a lot of people love it. So you got to know who you're catering to and what, who you're dealing with. And here, we're more UFC, boxing, MMA, diehard, monster energy drink. Uh, yeah, probably, you know, <laughs> reckless for yeah. reckless sake. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? You know, the movie Jackass sold millions of tickets, and it's facts. This is this is the audience you're trying to sell to, right? And I think people need to understand we produce a product. Stop looking at things as a sport. We produce a product. People are consuming your product. People are buying your product. So the right. product that people want to buy should be entertaining, interesting, and action packed, right? So this is the audience of what we we're dealing with. And with the USARL and this Vegas trip, I think it's giving us a stage that we need to to really perform on. I think the guys need to understand, all the players need to understand, this platform, we cannot take it for granted. Right. I'd, I'd rather everybody go balls out and some people just lose or some people may get hurt or whatever, but just give everything you can on this large platform to let American fans get a taste and want more because you're going to have little kids in there. That's like, I want to do that. This was amazing. Especially because they're having the the players interact after and before the event. That's significant. Yeah. And interact through social media. And I think the big thing for us, I'm trying to push our players to go out into Vegas, sign, take pictures, meet kids, interact with some of the parents, have a beer with some of the people and just show like, cause the spirit of rugby league comes from somewhat of a impoverished, impoverished nature. Right. Working right? class people working trying class. to have fun with working class actions. Exactly. And union is seen as a little bit more posh upscale sort of deal. Right. So I want to yeah. take that working class attitude and show that rugby league is for the people and of the people. So that's my whole marketing campaign and push for the PCRL. And we have the guys to do it. We have a lot of family men, a lot of fathers, a lot of mothers, a lot of the women just want to participate and be involved. The women's teams are actually really, really good. And people don't understand that. And the other thing, the third thing is you see the discrepancy now that's going on with men and women's sports in the, in the U S Right. Rugby is the closest equivalent in sports between men and women. Right. Meaning they use the same field, same ball, same rules, same refs, same across the board. So the product you get from the men is very similar to the product you get for the women. So the level is is very comparable. Right. And both sports are very action packed and very easily digested and easily to watch. Right. So it's it's not that if you look at the NBA, then the WNBA is a huge drop off in viewership. We don't really have that so much in rugby with women and men because the women are are killers like they're aggressive. They go for their their technique is a lot of a lot of it's better than some of the dudes I've seen. They pass when they're supposed to. They hit lines better. Like it's just crazy to watch. So. Our big goal with the PCRL in Vegas is to really show all these things, to showcase it. It's an NRL event, NRL event, and we understand that, and we're there to support them because they've been there for us and showing what we can do. So we want to make the most of this opportunity and just be that rock for them and give them right. the push that they need. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. There's one thing you, you were talking about already with uh, the interaction of the players that I, I always feel is something that even with Union is lost is being able to determine who stars are. Not for the sake, obviously, of creating separation, but for creating identification for people who are casual watchers or new to watch so that they can know who to emphasize on and then obviously milk ways from there. If I could ask both of you, I'll start with you, Ty, since I got you front and center. Who are uh, like who are some women's uh, rugby league players and men's rugby league players that you still like watching that feel like emulate the game that you uh, emulate that you want to emulate or play in a way that you enjoy and just or have just the the swag that you you connect to? There's two. There's. I'm not going to individualize because rugby is not really an individual sport in terms of how you do. Hey, things. I'm calling for an individual. I want. I want to know who I need to watch first. No, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you when you when you hear my answer, it'll make sense. All right, bet. the Black Ferns as a team and the Team Australian Sevens team, right. the women's women's women's. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, uh, because everyone that I've seen on that team fits perfectly in those teams. Like, if you watch Australia's girls, or women, excuse me, they're nasty. They have a killer instinct. Their offloads are all sick. So it's kind of hard. Like, I have to watch them as a unit. Yeah. Um, and then for the Black Ferns, I want to say her last name is, like, not Woodcock, but God. Woodman? Woodman, Portia yes. Woodman with Cliffy? Yeah. Yeah. She is, she is nasty. And then for the, for the men's side... Dude, I watch <laughs> the Tuolangi guys. I it's just it's just I'm a big dude. I like seeing big dudes run. I yep. like seeing big dudes hit people. Just watching them um, is always great. And he played the one that plays for France is always cool to watch. But um, I don't know, man. I would have to say that's tough. That's tough. The 10 from France is cool to watch. DuPont, not 10. Who else? God, so see, now you put me on the spot. I'm, I got all these faces and names. So I'll just stick, I'll stick with, uh, yeah, I'll stick with those. I love seeing a lot of the big dudes. The, who's the Tongan Thor? That oh, guy? Uh, oh, man. I know exactly who you're talking I don't know I'm missing it, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude, he's not like the highest skilled. But he's very entertaining, <laughs> very entertaining. That. So it's a, it's that you know what I mean. But if I'm looking for skill, it, you can't go wrong with with uh, Knox Ect for South Africa and and Fafta Kirk and those guys. So it's I, I like watching skill, but I love watching big dudes. I love it, Adi. I need to ask you, all right, you know, you've been in this. So I know you got a good history to be able to go with. So for you, who is it from both the women's and the men's side, if you can, uh, yeah. or players to watch within rugby league? So uh, I had the, the pleasure of working with Tegan Berry, um, who plays with St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, an event in Hawaii in September last year, she came and was a, like a guest coach. And she's, you know... I think she's the fastest women's rugby league player in, in Australia. Wow. Um, I think she was the top try scorer in the NRLW this year. Uh, and she's pushing um, Tamika Upton for the, the number one jersey fullback for, for the women's national team. Both those players are, are, are real standouts. I mean, the, the, the level of talent in uh, in Australia rugby league right now is up there. You know, like Ali Brigginshaw, she's a, an amazing halfback and Kufango is, uh, you know, a, a huge centre that, uh, that that bursts through holes and, and is, a, is a real handful. Uh, Millie Boyle was a, another really good, uh, you know, prop for for the women. And uh, there's, there's just so much strength in depth out there. Uh, and it, it, there's just good players everywhere, you know. Right. Looking at in, you know, in England, you've got Georgia Roach, um, you know, um, Amy Hardcastle and, and uh, you know, a number of others that are also, you know, at that level that, you know, should be competing for, for those NRLW places. So the, the, there's so much talent and, and I think the women's game is going to grow exponentially this next three to five years right. globally. And you'll just see an emergence of some amazing 
athletes and players. On the men's side, I, you know, I think it's difficult to look past Nathan Cleary for his, you know, his performance in the the NRL Grand Final this last year. You know, bringing the Panthers back from what seemed, you know, the death. You know, and a one man show in that yeah. last three minutes, you know, changed that game. Um, you know, personal favourite mine's Cam Munster for for the Storm. You know, he's he's not your stereotypical athlete that you know looks ripped. He looks like a guy who's just pulled off the street with a dodgy moustache and. He's one of the most gifted rugby league players you'll ever come across. And then you've got absolute monsters like Carrigan uh, in the pack that, um, you know, that are, are, are taking the game by storm, you know, and real standouts. So, you know, those for me, but, you know, I, I, looking a little bit older, for me, Sam Burgess, you know, being a Brit going out into Australia um, and performing at the highest levels for the Rabbit Rabbitohs, you know, I, I think that will take some beating in the end, the respect of the Aussies, which, you know, takes some doing in rugby league that, you know, they all think they're a bit better than us down there. Um, so I, for Sam Burgess to go out there and, and perform at that level, I think was, was huge for the game. Yeah. No, I was going to say, you know, I have, I have my friend who's an Aussie, absolute rugby league fanatic, and, you know, he... He always likes to put it to, and I, I don't know if this is supposed to be derogative or not. He's like, look, I'm always ready to see some palms lose. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no love lost in <laughs> No, no, we're not liked. We, we get that. I, I, I get to say I'm an American now, so I can wear that when it suits. <laughs> Take the loophole. Take the loophole. I like <laughs> No, I love that. And, um, you know, that's really uh, – that's, that's great. And it, again, it helps create a focus of where, you know, people can look, and for me – to be able to look at, because I know for me, I've more so maybe the last couple of years, I've had a chance to be able to watch more NRL um, because I've had to for other programmings and to kind of feign predictions. So probably before the last three, two years, three years, I wouldn't have known very much outside of Russell Crowe owning the Rapitos. <laughs> and then Dwayne The Rock Johnson doing his opening for State of the Union. These are the, the two elements. But um, just, just but to see that, of, uh, you know, uh, information for you. Um, USRL former center Junior Vivi's cousin is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So there is a link between the Rock and USARL. I mean, it, it, look, it makes sense. That that man's got so much Samoan blood as well as everything else. I'm there's little surprise that there would have been a rugby connection. Little <laughs> surprise in that <laughs> genetically. No, I love that. Um, but y'all, I, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the program. I want to ask, where can people find more information, both about PCRL and then about you guys individually, if they have any questions or want to be able to contact about how to be able to join uh, Rugby League in your guys' region and subsequently be able to find their way through a pathway to other opportunities? Yeah, all of our information is uh, under PacificCoastRL.com. Um, you know, we've got all the board members are specified and individual contacts are on there. Uh, there are links to every one of the teams that are currently part of the league. And obviously when we add more to that, um, the links to those clubs and their individual contacts will be there as well. So go to playerspecificcoastrl.com for everything. Awesome. Awesome. And where can they find you? Is it possible to be able to con con contact you or do you like say, Hey man, look, I need you to guys go through three way. <laughs> no, no, I mean, they're probably most active on uh, Instagram. It's AD underscore in HB. Um, so, you know, hopefully you better see me on there. Okay. Aid. And Ty, what about yourself? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore T Y L E W I S. That's the underscore Ty Lewis on Instagram. I'm always there. I get a tons of DMs for different reasons, and I always try to answer them. So if anybody wants to chat, know more about rugby league or just where to play rugby, teams that are in your area, just DM me, and we'll have a long conversation about it where I can point you in the right direction. I love it. 80 Ty, thank you guys so much for the time. Thank you for the information. Look forward to seeing what you got, what's going to happen with Las Vegas Nines, and of course, what you guys do with the PCRL uh, moving forward over these next five years. We'll have a good conversation in another few, well, hopefully sooner than that, but in the next five years to see where you guys have developed and uh, rise from there. Well, thank Sounds you great. Thank you. 80 
Ty, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much for being able to tell your story. Let us know about what's going on in rugby league. Y'all, I hope you got a chance to really take it all in. And of course, you can check out some of our other interviews that we have. We had Lance Cavanaugh last time. Uh, we had uh, Craig Dawson before that. Uh, we've had we had uh, Freddie Henry Ajudua, Mike Anderson, and of course we got a slew of interviews from Jen Salomon from Mexico Rugby uh, to Naya Tapper with USA Rugby, um, Derek Lipskin with Roots Rugby, Akinola Raymond, uh, comedian, New York rugby player, former USA Rugby player, just a slew of people to be able to touch on, and I appreciate that you guys get a chance to listen. And of course, check out our news because we want to keep you up to date with what's happening around rugby and not just focus you in on what's going on on the field. So in the meantime, I hope that you guys continue to be well. I hope that you know that uh, I hope you're happy. I hope that you know that I hope you're healthy. And most importantly, I hope that you know that you are highly favored. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>